Please listen carefully. Welcome to uh, oh hello first welcome to the seventh edition of the weekend brunch club. Um, <laughs> back at it again at our poolside studio. Myself, Declan Graham, and our co-host for today, Thomas Mather. <laughs> Pleasure. Thomas is a uh, good friend of ours. We attended the same high school, St. Michael's College School, for four years, and uh, we grew a relationship. Thomas came to us out of the blue asking for an opportunity to speak on the show, and today's his day. Um, so, Thomas, how are you doing? I'm well. But to get a little serious black now, um, what a lot of people don't know is me, Thomas, and Declan all um, played hockey for the, the Twisters uh, in the Humber Valley Hockey Association back in, I don't know, 07 perhaps, maybe 06. But um, yeah, they were on the red line. I was on the blue line back then. And uh, look at us now. Heard some people, including Sidney Crosby and maybe Wayne Gretzky, call that team a dynasty. And uh, Thomas, just talk about you a little bit. Oh, and maybe shout out James Desky. I don't know where he is, though. We kind of lost him. Um, he was also on the team. He was a great player then. He was probably the best. Uh, best player on the team. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Okay. Um, so... <laughs> to introduce Thomas a little bit more, Thomas Mather, that is. He works at a bicycle camp called Pedalheads, and he really enjoys his time there. And what Pedalheads is, is for parents who don't like their kids and they want to miss an important step in their child's <laughs> development, they send their kids to this camp so Thomas can teach them how to ride a bike. And so for parents who don't want to be there when their kid learns to ride a bike, Thomas is their daddy slash mommy. So maybe tell us about your experience. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty relaxed. Do kids call you daddy? I've gotten coach, boss man, and teacher. I've yet to get daddy as much as I would like. But um, it's, it's truly enriching. It's a milestone in a kid's life. And um, when they first start pedaling all by themselves uh yeah i agree it should be the parent that's there to see it but um that's where i come in and uh i love it so thomas um when you see that bright smile of the kids you know taking their first couple pedals um do you feel more happy for them or sad because of the absence of their parents it's a great question ah for um, my success rate with the kids is 100%. So uh, by the end of the week, uh, as much as they've been little, um, I feel really grateful and happy to be a part of it. And um, when I talk to the parents at the end of the week, it's uh, they're very thankful. A lot of them um, don't get to experience it, but I do. And uh, yeah, I'm truly, truly happy for the kids. Are we right in saying that a lot of parents are missing their child riding a bike for the first time or or do you really just get a lot of orphans the latter <laughs> wow yeah i mean i guess to some people it kind of sucks what you're doing but you got to do it to pay you got you got to do what you got to do to pay the bills am i right yes 13 an hour um 
<laughs> gulp down a couple of ice caps after work. So, um, yeah, it's a uh, great time to spend the summer outside all day and uh, really helps the uh, old tan line on the neck. What's the most serious accident you've had with a kid? And do you have proper first aid training or are you just winging it out there? Yeah, so shout out to uh, Quinn from week two. Um, buddy thought it would be cool to uh, go for a little free ride. Uh, not participate in the game because he thought he was Mr. Showtime. Um, what game? Uh, we were playing bike bowling at the time where uh, I set up cones and essentially they're the, the bowling ball. <laughs> they pedal as fast as they can. Uh, so he thought he was really good and um, took a sharp turn, went over the handlebars, flipped over onto his noggin. Uh, it was truly a sight to see. And uh, poor kid, but he was okay. Uh, just a little shaken up. Not a lot of accidents, just a lot of scrapes, and, you know, kids are uh, warriors nowadays. Are you trying to just get these kids to learn how to ride bikes, or would you be happy to see, you know, some of them in the big circuit, maybe motorbike racing or BMX, you know, X Games sort of thing, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, you got to walk before you crawl. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, so, so die. No, I mean, uh, it's obviously the first step into something that could be the X Games looking into the future, but obviously I'm just trying to get them uh, comfortable on their vehicle. Now, Thomas, we see you bonding with these kids week in, week out, teaching them how to ride a bike, but do you see anything developing more than just, you know, a leader to follower bond? Do you see some possible friendships occurring and developing, or is it just strictly business? There's some weeks where I just want to sock one of the kids in the face but I would say the 95% of the time kids are just a pleasure to have they say the darndest things uh, especially with the uh, older kids 7 and 8 uh, can really have a good conversation with them about the Jays or, or anything like that and uh, yeah it's awesome to have the experience to <laughs> yeah a lot of boobies but uh, it's good it's fun it's a really good time I see you got a Live Strong band on your wrist, and I, you're supporting cycling clearly. But I, do you have a little side business? You know, trying to move some stuff into the kids' hands, get them to be a little bit bigger and stronger and better cyclers. No comment. Fair enough. And I know you're probably talking about your work and your. Uh, busy 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 life but where do you where do you see your where do you see yourself advancing here do you see this advancing into a career maybe one day ceo of pedal heads wow uh moving into the future um you know i don't know wow that sounds compelling <laughs> um now if my calculations are correct you came into the show with some topics you'd like to discuss tell us about those please well, um, speaking from um, uh, the week uh, at Pedal Heads, I was uh, reading a bunch of books, children's books to be exact. Um, one of them, which was an excerpt from the SpongeBob movie called Ice Cream Dreams, uh, where SpongeBob and Patrick went to the Goofy Goober shack to get some ice cream after SpongeBob was not named manager of the Krusty Krab 2. Uh, they seemingly drowned their sorrows into some Sundays and... Um, I would like to talk about adult jokes that are very well prevalent in children's TV shows and movies. 
I feel like um, people are making kids' TV shows sneak those in so parents who are dragged to those movies or have to watch them when their kids are watching them on TV can somewhat enjoy them. But are there, like, are there others from the SpongeBob series or the movie? Yes. There are many. Um, I can think of one to be exact when Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob and Squidward were outside the Krusty Krab and Squidward got SpongeBob to dig a hole and um, stay there for a while. And his nose was sticking out of the ground. And Mr. Krabs goes, boy, I sure hope that's your nose. <laughs> One of my favorite movies, Space Jam. As a, as a couple thrown in there, and it's really an adult movie, but just because the cartoon factor, we'll, we will uh, consider it a, a kid's movie or show for the sake of uh, sake of the show. And so... At one point in Space Jam, the basketball player, Patrick Ewing, is lying down on a psychiatric table, and uh, the psychiatrist asks him if he's having any other, if there are any other areas other than basketball where he's having trouble to perform, and that's clearly an adult joke, because he might not be performing well in soccer, too, right? I think he means sack. Yeah, maybe. Um, and another one where... I believe they're playing basketball. This is uh, Lola Bunny and Bugs Bunny. And so Lola Bunny doesn't like the fact that Bugs calls her doll. And then so she beats him in one-on-one dunks. You know, she's like three feet or four feet or something. Don't ask me. It's Toonland, Looney Toonland. Um, and then she says, don't ever call me doll, and kind of blows her ears behind her head. And then Buzz's whole body goes erect. <laughs> and... Yeah, his whole body is supposed to represent something else, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, just to add on to that, Shrek uh, is a good example. When Donkey and Shrek arrive upon Lord Farquaad's kingdom, um, Lord Farquaad is a very short man. He's actually a midget. And his kingdom is pretty big. And <laughs> the first thing Shrek says is, uh, I wonder if he's compensating for anything. So <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> My favorite, though, is when you go back and watch these kids' movies and then you find the jokes and you're like, wow, this is the best. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, it's the best. Get a couple chuckles when you're reading the book. Um, and all these kids are just, like, astonished. Just like, oh, ice cream. Love ice cream. But you're just like, oh, you don't even know. Speaking of ice cream, a member of our podcast team is not allowed to have ice cream by choice. <laughs> no, he's not allowed to have ice cream at all. And, yeah, you can probably guess this. It's Thomas. He can't have ice cream, and that's one of the many foods he can't have. And I think intolerances and allergies to food are becoming a re- very prevalent in our society today. And even Thomas Mather, our guest in CEDO today, has a peanut allergy. <laughs> and so all I'm going to say, Thomas, is... <laughs> okay, Okay, yeah, all I'm going to say is that I didn't just, just you know, always keep your drink attended. Don't leave. Someone might put some crushed up peanuts in there. You never know. So um, don't leave your drink unattended, Thomas Mather. And for Thomas Finn, tell, tell us about your food intolerances. Yeah, I've had a travel pass when it comes to dietary restrictions, which are not by choice. I'm just going to say that one more time. They're not by choice. Early on in my life... I've had many issues 
arise after eating a meal. And it came to came to the point where I was like, I need to get this checked out. You know, I need to hit up a doctor, see what's up. And uh, this year I took initiative and did that. And in January, I had some blood tests done and I was given a list of foods in which I have an intolerance to. And um, like Declan said, ice cream and pansy. dairy products. Ice, like Declan said, ice cream and dairy products are... Um, like Declan said, ice cream and dairy products are uh, among the list of things I'm intolerant to, uh, as well as gluten, eggs, olives, green beans, and some peas. So it's not the easiest of lives to live, but it's mine, and uh, I'm embracing every minute of it. You could have just saved us some time and said all the things that you could eat. Um, oh, <laughs> snap. Right. Okay. Um, Speaking of allergies, are a little different. Yeah, it's been a rough go. Um, seeing everyone enjoying their Nutella and PB and J's, um, but you know, I've um, I've been living through it and um, just come to. <laughs> I can't eat can't eat peanut butter or anything like that. Um, just got to be cautious. It's yeah, just got to live life. Any advice for those young kids out there with a peanut allergy or any other type of allergy would like as advice I'd eat peanuts or don't I'd steer clear um especially if you're advised not to um but obviously the uh condition varies and how severe it is mine's obviously life-threatening really? always carry around your light or your EpiPen life and life jacket and drink lots of water <laughs> um three strong meals a day drink lots of water get all the food Um, Thomas, I have a good question. If somebody were to, uh, somebody who's allergic to peanuts, just have an overwhelming urge to try the peanuts, um, would you advise them to, you know, just, you know, go for it, have their EpiPen ready in hand, and as soon as they take a first bite, stab themselves, almost like a, a chase after a shot, or would you just stay, or would you almost just steer, steer clear completely? There's actually many advancements in, uh, science where they're, they're giving like nicotine patches, but for, for allergies. So you're able to actually put this patch on and theoretically over time grow out of your allergy. And if you were to have this patch on, you could, or one day be able to eat peanuts. So with the, uh, the whole chase thing, that's probably not a good idea, but, uh, obviously the EpiPen helps with, uh, keeping you alive for a little while. So it's got to stay strong. Chasing may not have been a good idea, but the analogy was uh, it was on point. Where do you okay when you have an epipen? Where do you stab yourself? Is it a choice? Yes, right. That's I'm so. If somebody were to go into anaphylactic sh shock, and a bystander were to come, you're pointing at your epipen, but you're I don't know you're suffering real bad, so you can't explain where to insert the. Okay, as I'm saying this, he pulls out his EpiPen and it says exactly where. So that just diffuses my question. All I can say is, boy. No, but it's a fair question. Um, blue to the sky, orange to the thigh is the the nice verse that uh, you should do. So obviously you just pull the blue part out. Orange part, there's a needle that pops out. And you hold it into the thigh for 10 seconds. The thigh is the best part because 
best part of the body because um, that's where all the blood flows. It's the biggest like muscle. Yeah. What's the street value of an EpiPen? <laughs> and should you not mix it with anything? I would say probably around um, 50 to 100 bucks, um, give or take. But um, if you're trying to get a cue of uh, epinephrine, you'd probably get it for a bit cheaper in bulk. Um, now, this isn't a very common question, but what is in the EpiPen that saves lives? Because there's something that's got to be in that needle that that makes everything okay. It's called uh, epinephrine, and it's essentially adrenaline that uh, keeps you alive for a more longer period of time while you call the paramedics to come. So if there was a situation where someone with anaphylaxis went into that shock, the EpiPen just uh, keeps you going. Now, as an EpiPen user yourself, have you heard of any reports of people um, not really reacting to any allergy or such, but heading into some sort of rave or concert, decide to stab themselves with the adrenaline, just in, just in the fact that, you know, almost get a high out of it and enjoy the concert. Is that a thing? Not that I've heard, but I have heard of situations where mothers have used the, the adrenaline to do s crazy strength actions, such as lifting cars off of their baby. But I don't know. I think that's the, uh, the kind of effect that it has. It's just uh, like super strength. Because in that time, you're just in such a, a anaphylactic shock that you need any any sort of strength to keep going. Why would stabbing your baby with an EpiPen help you lift a car off of it? Boy, the the mom the mom got the adrenaline. <laughs> okay, if the mom did it, why wouldn't you just stab the baby with an EpiPen and he could lift it off himself? <laughs> he can be so or the car. <laughs> on the real though allergies are very serious especially if there's uh anaphylaxis involved so um i always uh keep my epipen on me at, at all times and at times it can be um an embarrassing thing but to backtrack um i'd like to ask my friend thomas finn what gluten is uh, yeah, so gluten is pretty much a composite for uh, storing proteins within um, various grass-related... Somebody has Thomas, not Wikipedia. <laughs> Grass-related grass gains, grains, uh, such as wheat, barley, some rye, and oats. Um, so pretty much anything that's very starchy or used to make bread is, you know, I pretty much steer clear because I won't go into anaphylactia. But I'll go into Tommy has a lot of stomach pains, yeah, so I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> Moving on from Thomas's life choices about his food, Thomas Finn, that is. Uh, Snapchat rolled out a new feature. It's called Snap Maps, which <laughs> um, where people's location... Uh, is seen on a map of the world where they logged into Snapchat. And so, the, yeah, people love showing off on vacation. Love this feature. And me, I'm not a big fan of showing where people am. So you have the option to turn it off or you can let a certain number of people kind of know where you are, like only your closest friends sort of thing. It's, um, it's interesting. At first, it's you're in this ghost mode where you're essentially appearing offline like you would in the MSN days where you're no one can see you but 
you can uh, you can see everyone else. And something that Mastro pointed out last night as we were cracking open a couple of cold ones. Shout out Astro. Shout out Mastro Twelve. You gotta play the game. If you want to play the game, you gotta you gotta play the game. Uh, found that very provoking. Uh, but you have to turn it on if you want people to see you. So you start off in this ghost mode. But as I'm looking at the snap map right now, there's a majority of people that are that have turned it on. There's a lot up north in Skokes. You know, it's very interesting, but I really just don't get it. It's uh, it's weird. It's creepy, and um, something that this social media age does not need. Uh, I, for one, don't mind the program. Um, it gives you opportunities to see where people are. Um, it also gives you opportunities to call people out when they say they're busy and they're clearly at home. And that's actually one of my main uses for the program. Uh, a lot of people are a little shady, and you know my favorite thing to do is send them a screenshot of me knowing where exactly they are and you know, calling them out on the spot. And therefore, they have to hang out with me. And if that doesn't say true friendship, I don't know what does. But how about the time where you... I told you I was busy out somewhere, and you're like, no, you're not. You're at home. But the thing was, I have an iPod where I use Snapchat on, not my actual phone. So my iPod was at home, not even charged. This guy has the audacity to say, no, you're not at home. And I was hours away from home. And you like it because you like to stalk people, which is great. I mean, you <laughs> you do your thing. Um, but the other thing is, I feel like if I need to know where someone is, then they got to be a close friend. If they're a close friend, I can text them and ask them where they are. And if, if there are people that I would actually want them to know where I am and they needed to know where I am, they could text me and I'd tell them where I am. But so other than that, other than those people, why would I want anyone else knowing? And so that's why. And if they really want to know, they could just ask. So that's why I would say it's not really necessary. It, it is really a little bit creepy. And uh, here's the thing. Instagram and Snapchat were created to... For people to post about their life and for people to follow and you know like things as they go but now with snap map all that is just just gone because people can literally follow everywhere you go and if you really want to know that someone's in the uk right now like you should probably know that if you're friends with them so i don't know i just think it's bothersome tommy seems to disagree i do disagree um you know, this way you can strike up a conversation with somebody you necessarily haven't talked to and find common ground. Like, oh, you're in this part of a country. Like, I have also been there, and that just sparks up new relationships. So I find it as a way of making friends with one another um, rather than something that a creep or a sexual predator would use. Though I do see where people would get that idea. I am not a sexual predator, by the way. I feel like it's going to be one of those things where, say, you tried to strike up a conversation with someone and you knew where they were, like, hey, I see you're in this, and you didn't necessarily know them too well, they'd be like, oh, my God, you're such a stalker. Because, like, if you look at it and just follow people, like, your stalker's like, well, no, you put it on your snap map. Like, what do you think? I'm obviously going to see it. And I think this is going to be one of those features where Instagram's going to roll out as well. You know what I mean? Because they've kind of been copying everything Snapchat's been doing, in a sense. And the other thing is Instagram has geotags but they might just have a whole map kind of thing as well and i don't know this is honestly just like it's i've never used this uh social media or app but it's kind of like foursquare i don't know if you guys know what that is but you literally just check into places so it's like a really 
Yeah, it's exactly. I think it is. What do you like? Is a sorry. What do you say? Back in the day when Facebook was actually cool, they had this thing called when you were checked into places. But who really wants to be checked into like a, a tanning booth? I mean, you don't you don't want anyone to know that you you got a fake tan? I'm not saying I do, but um, I don't know. This is just kind of pushing it to the extreme. It's literally like you can follow someone driving in their car. I mean, I, I like that feature that you can see them in a little whip. That's that's kind of cool. But um, yeah, you can see them in the water or in a plane. I don't know. Snapchat's changing the game. I feel like there has to be some etiquette when you're using this feature. Not when like when you're using it to look at other people. I think one you shouldn't <laughs> you shouldn't strike up conversations with people and be like, oh, you're not where you said you are. Because so I think sometimes it's not always the case. And with Snapchat, it's where you last logged in. So they very well could not have Wi-Fi. If it says they're at home, they might not be at home. And I feel like it's really, if you have to ask and they lie to you, I feel like it'd be none of your business in the first place. But why would they lie? And that's that's my biggest, not fear, just concern. Well, if they're, if, if they're someone where you're close enough to them that they're actually going to tell you where they are if you ask, then they won't lie. So in, if you ask and they don't tell you and they lie, then you really have no business asking. So that time our friend who's been on the show multiple times, Matthew O'Brien, lied to Thomas. Still a little bit salty about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, he said he was busy. And on his Snap map, he logged in 12 minutes prior. I uh, showed him at home. Not with anybody else, just home alone. And um, I guess that's where my trust issue sort of took off, and that's why, that's why my Snap map usage has gone up. Uh, I don't like liars. Uh, I don't like thieves, and I don't like broccoli, but it's a different story. The other thing is uh, Snapchat's kind of become one of those social media where you just add people that you don't necessarily know too well. Though it shouldn't really be because... It's like I have Snapchat, but I talk to maybe 10 people and the odd time I'll have to talk to people or I'll talk to someone like every once in a while. But the thing is, I think everyone should be using the custom feature on the Snap Map where you can only select a certain number of people because I have that on and there's only like maybe 10 or 15 people that will let see it, even though most of the time I have Ghost on because those are the people that if they ask it anyway that I tell them sort of thing. I concur. The other thing is some people are reluctant reluctant to post a story sometimes because they're like, oh, this is, this is too bait. I don't want so-and-so seeing this. But like with SnapMap, I know that you can select your friends, but like, um, you know, you can pick your friends, you can pick your nose, but you can't <laughs> pick your parents. <laughs> All right, so that pretty much wraps up uh, episode seven of the Weekend Brunch Club. Um, if you could do us a favor and follow us on Instagram at Weekend Brunch Club and also subscribe to our iTunes or check us out on SoundCloud, maybe leave a review or a rating, that'd be great. And just want to say, everyone, thanks for listening. And Tom's going to send us off. Yeah, just before I do, I'd like to uh, bring the attention that the Weekend Brunch Club Corporation is actually coming out with an apparel line. So, um, we don't have a set date of when that will be released, but just keep just keep a watchful eye on the Instagram profile, and uh, and you should be notified as soon as we are. Uh, anyway, I'd like to just thank you for listening. Thank you, Thomas Mather, for joining us today. And uh, all right, from Thomas Finn, Declan Graham, shout out Mother's Day. Uh,
Thanks for listening. Sincerely, The Weekend Brunch Club.